Welcome to the Provost Perspective. My name is Patrick. This podcast is dedicated to the opinions, thoughts, and experiences of my wife, Carolyn, and I's journey through marriage, children, and life as a whole. While the topics we discuss may be varied, we will do our best to orbit around marriage, relationships, love, and family. Welcome again, and we hope you enjoy. All right, so I centered the microphone this time because last time like you were a little bit quiet compared to me. Just because I was like swallowing the microphone. And Did you, you just were, like, admit that I was quiet? Are you feeling okay today? Look, rare things happen. Okay. Oh, oh so we want to get hit today. <laughs> is, is that, is that right? We are in no way promoting violence. <laughs> so, uh, un- unless your spouse asks unless, for it. Yeah, and, unless, and that's just a different topic for another day. So, moving on. Unless you're into that. And then, you know. <laughs> right. All right. So, this is your idea. What is, what is, just talk to me about this. What is this thing we're about to do? So, I was watching um, another YouTuber that I follow religiously, Wheezy Waiter. If you haven't checked him out, please do. It's wonderful. He does a lot of things, um, him and his wife. And one of the episodes they did. Did, uh, about a month ago or so, it's if I'm right, February seventh. Yeah. Um, they did um, a questionnaire with each other. So it was twenty questions that they compiled from yet another list. I'm not sure who they credited for it um, to strengthen your relationship. So the idea is, is we are going to ask this question, and both of us are going to answer them, and we're just going to have a little fun today. Yeah, I don't, I don't know if we're going to get through all twenty, um, but we're going to start because we were a little bit long-winded. When it comes to a lot of this stuff, so <laughs> it's just me. Let's be real. All right. <laughs> question one. So, question one: uh, What do you think is the most essential thing in a successful relationship? Communication. Done. Me too. Like legit, <laughs> legit. I mean, I know we're fucking around, but like that is legit. Open. Uh, so I will. Honest communication. Open and honest communication yes. is the number one thing you must do to be successful in any relationship and that's not even just a romantic relationship that's a business relationship that's any kind of interaction with another human being yes open and honest communication is the number one thing absolutely uh number two what is something i did that you thought was exceptionally kind and thoughtful you're kind i mean i'm kidding (laughs) i I know i'm an asshole i get that (laughs) Something you did that was exceptionally kind and thoughtful? Yes. Oh, God. Um, you know, it, it's going to sound trivial to a lot of people, but uh, to, to everyone that listens to this that knows me and knows us, they'll, they'll understand. Um, one year for our anniversary, you got me a pair of boots. And a pair of black knee-high boots with little buckles on them. And they actually side reference, ended up being my favorite boots for four or five years. I wore them into the ground until the soles fell off, and I recently had to throw them away, and I was very heartbroken that I had to throw them out. But it was, they weren't asked for. I didn't reference anything. It was very out of the blue. You're not usually very good with gifts. You don't buy things. I tell you I like things, and you're like, so go buy it for yourself. You you do that. You feel free. You've always been very with the, hey, go spend money, and I don't like to, and you try to get me to, and I don't. <laughs> but you're not very good at remembering, you know, oh, crap, I should have bought a gift for this, or I should have done that. And I usually don't care because, you know, I don't ask for things, and I it doesn't bother me when I don't get gifts. I'm not that kind of person. But this one was just very, you just did it, and it yeah. surprised me. And it wasn't so much the boots that you got me. It was the fact that you didn't just remember, but you went out of your way to do it for me. And it just, that meant more for me. And that was one of your more, you've probably had millions of other ones, but 
that was one of your more exceptionally kind moments because it really it came from your heart you don't usually do things like that so that meant a lot yeah, and no. they were really cute. Normally, I'm a, hey, if you want to go buy it, I don't give a shit. All right. I'm one of those people like, because if you're relying on me to remember those days, it's, it's gonna be happen. the day prior and be like, oh fuck, <laughs> right? I didn't buy something. Maybe if I write her a card. Yeah, and even then, I'm okay with that. But just a macaroni funny. noodle necklace. Let's make right? it happen. Yeah. yeah. All right. So, <clears throat> what is something that you did that I thought was exceptionally kind and thoughtful? Um, I'd have to go to the one that. Um, probably surprised me the most. Um, I surprise you a lot. You do surprise me a lot. Mostly in and around <laughs> my birthday. Yes. Um, she's had a couple times where she's had friends like randomly show up uh, that I wasn't expecting to show up. That I wasn't expecting <laughs> to show up and they'd spend like a couple days with me. Um, but probably the one where you reached out to pretty much everybody you could find that knew me to write a oh. Letter or send a picture or something along those lines. Your twenty seventh birthday. Yeah, and mm-hmm. I sat down and we sat down. And we went through that bo- that box, which is still on my end table, um, and just reading all of the stories and knowing that you had to, you got to read these and hear them and know them and you get to you get to. It helped me get to know you better. You got to see me through other people through the people that I've known for years, years. and been through yeah. all kinds of crazy shit with. So the fact that you put in that kind of time and energy, or because you know that I know that it had to have taken a ton of time to be able to sort through it and pick stuff and do all that. Like, it took a couple of months. The hardest yeah. part was getting a bunch of army guys whom yeah. I've never met in my whole life and only stalked through Facebook to find, and getting them to remember that they were supposed to do this and get yeah. them to send it to me. Especially yeah, my was... friends, because most of them are drunken assholes. <laughs> But the fact that so many people did it, yeah. it's, you got a lot of people that care yeah, about you. Yeah, I probably you. had close to 30 or 40 letters. There was a lot stuff. because what I was looking for was 27 letters for your yeah. 27th birthday to give you 27 memories to read through. And we ended up with more than that. Yeah. Yep. All right. What is something small that we can do daily for each other to make our lives better? Hmm. Something we can do daily. For each other. I don't know. I'm going to go cheesy and say if we started the day telling each other something something we're grateful about for each other. Yeah. You know? Just to remind each other that we're, you know? Yeah. I think I like, that would be nice. I like that, but I usually prefer the, the gratitude at the end of the day. Um, because normally you have a bunch of shit you got to go through. And yeah. trying to highlight the things that made you feel good that day is just a nice way to end the day. Agreed. Um, honestly, uh, I think it's something we already do, um, but we could probably be a more de- bit more deliberate with it, which is to genuinely ask how our days went. Yes. You know what I mean? Like, hey, how was your day? And not just what happened today, but how was your day? That's what, usually how I feel. How did it. you feel? <laughs> like, were you upset today? Were you happy today? You know, and kind of coax that conversation out and not just listen to what the other person's saying but like actively listen and internalize it and understand where that person's coming from um, since we've made a more deliberate approach with that over the last four or five years I think it's helped develop our relationship quite a bit so that's something I think we could probably be a bit more deliberate with I think I usually start that conversation with did you call anyone stupid today the answer is typically <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> what new hobbies or activities would you like to try together uh these need to be PG hobbies and activities, Carolyn. I know, and I'm going to give you the one, the same one I've been giving you for the majority of our relationship. I want to learn how to salsa dance. 
together. Had a salsa dance? Yes. You know I'm Irish, right? Like, we don't dance. So am I. Yeah, but Irish women know how to dance. Irish men don't. Well, that's why you learn. <laughs> I, okay, honestly, I'd rather learn how to, like, swing dance than salsa dance. Fine, swing dance. Okay. Let's go. I'm down. All Just, right. I would love it. I think we should play laser tag. Down. <laughs> right. Done. You're going down, bro. Going down, down, like a merry-go-round. Sugar, I'm going down swinging. <laughs> Next. What questions should partners ask each other before getting married? We've kind of a we've kind of mm. hinted on some of this stuff we already. We had a conversation about that before. Um, I think you should discuss religion. I think I... you should discuss whether or not you want to have kids, and if so, how many. I think you should discuss politics. Yes, because if you're on one end of the spectrum and the other, it's shit's gonna, gonna get hit, hard. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, those three like no no topics that everybody tries to avoid: kids, religion. religion. Politics, Politics those are things happen. you need to be talking yes. about. Even if you don't agree on everything, you need to understand where your partner's coming from and be okay so that with you it. can avoid some of those mm -hmm. like cavernous pitfalls later on. Right? Hard and soft lines. I mean, nothing is crazier than if you're like a hardcore pro lifer, right? Right. To and be you marry three, four, who's... five years into a marriage mm -hmm. and realize that the person across the table from you is absolutely not that, right? Yeah. Because typically when you have those kind of beliefs, like the pro-life stuff, those are hardcore, in-your-soul kind of beliefs, line. right? Yeah. Those are hard, and we've talked about hard lines and soft lines before. Absolutely. You need to talk about those things that are going to be hard lines for you, and yep. I, typically those come out as children, politics, religion. religion. Yep. Because, you know, like we've Finances talked about... Finances can probably be thrown in there, too, because if I, you can't really agree on how you spend money mm -hmm. or how you're going to budget, because financial trouble is a huge divorce issue. It is, but it's typically because there's mismanagement on both sides. And I honestly right. think that the financial issues are a symptom, not the problem. I think the symptom actually yeah, okay. is lack of trust, lack of faith. Um, communication. And poor communication. There you go. <laughs> Finances is just a symptom of the problem as a yeah. whole. But I think those three, those, those big three are absolutely are things you have to talk about. Yes. Um... Ooh, there's a good one. Mm. Where do you want to live when we retire? Mm, this is so hard. We've talked I keep about this. Changing so, my mind. Background story on this: We have talked about this probably forty. I'd say more than that. Probably a couple hundred times over the last well, we ten years. We were on opposite ends yeah. to begin with, and now we've switched places. We and have. and I can't, I don't know what as, we're supposed to do. <laughs> as we mature and we grow and we figure out what we like and what we don't like. Like, at one point in time, we wanted, like, an old rickety house that we could restore and make our own until we, we lived, lived in, in an old rickety house. And we're, we're like, like, fuck, fuck that, right? <laughs> and then we're, like, we went from there to, like, I want to live in the city and I want to have a landlord. And then we went, no, I don't want that because I want to be able to do what I want with my house, you know. So we're kind of back and forth. At this point in time, at this moment, I want a piece of land in either the Pacific Northwest or up in like the Montana, Idaho area where I can make it a family home and I can live in it and I can build my house the way that I want it to look and I can do a little bit of homesteading. Um, you not so much. No. I, <laughs> if I'm going to retire, I don't want to work. Homesteading yeah. is work. I want to retire and not do shit. So, or at least do whatever the hell I want and that does not include taking care of livestock and 
hoarding for the zombie apocalypse. So I would rather, at this point, now that you want to live in the country, I'm the one that wants to live in a city in a fucking modern-ass loft. But I would love, I'm okay with the idea of building our house. I'm kind of partial to Utah. Yeah. But I want to be at least close to civilization. I want to live out in the middle of nowhere. More I, importantly... I want to live 30 minutes away from a Walmart would yeah. be nice. <laughs> the, the purpose of having it in that Rocky Mountain region is because it puts us back in the mountain time zone so we can watch hockey games yes, at a reasonable at hour. <laughs> yes. um, that's the main driving point of Just living in that area. back west. Yeah, I want to be back over there. Just not California. Um, so we don't know. We don't know. We don't even know what we want to do with, when <laughs> no. we grow When I have to grow up and stop playing Army, I don't know what I want to do with my life. Yeah, right. So we'll figure it out. What is your favorite way to spend time together? This one's easy. Video games. Video games. Yeah. Yep. See, we play we a agree. lot of video games. <laughs> a lot. Um... <laughs> So it's kind of a 50-50 split. Sometimes yeah. she's playing her game and I'm playing my game and we kind of talk. And then other times I'm playing a game and we she sits next together. to me drinking yep. hot cocoa with marshmallows and sprinkles. And my custom game guide that I yeah. make. So to right guide now we're in the middle so. of Persona 5 Royale and mm -hmm. she spent, what, two days? I Two very laborious days of nonstop research yeah. and typing and created she, a full-on game guide. She yeah. does that a lot when I'm playing like long RPGs. She'll go through and create a game guide to help get me through boss fights. I mean, I always try the boss fight first, and then when I fucking shit the bed, she comes in and says, okay, you should be looking for this, you should be looking for that, you should be looking for this. Mm -hmm. And then she helps me work me through, like, especially for Persona, like the sim the social story. stuff. Mm -hmm. um, so that's, that's a good way for us to spend time together. In what areas do you think our personalities complement each other? Complement each other? Yeah. Ooh, you go first. Me go first. Okay. I've been going first the whole time. Um, I first think I'm not ready. <laughs> <laughs> I think our our personalities complement each other in a lot of ways. Now, not a lot of this is we brought into the relationship. I think it's stuff that we've adopted over time. Mm -hmm. But there are some things we have, like your organizational skills, far better than mine. Um, you have, you are a detail oriented person. Yes. You like schedules and you like yes. routine and you like details. I'm an idea person. I like. Just, you know what? I'm going to live in a castle. And then that's just my idea for like six months until you start making me look at the details. And then I go, eh, that's probably not a good idea. Let's go do something else, right? Yep. I'm that big idea person. I'm the dreamer and you're the more detail-oriented person. Um, so that's a good compliment. The other good compliment is I don't like repetitive, tedious tasks, um, whereas you thrive in that environment, right? Yes. Like, for it's me, routine. the worst household chore on the planet is folding laundry. Oh, I love I it. I fucking hate folding. <laughs> I don't mind washing clothes. I hate folding clothes. Oh, I love folding. Whereas that's where you thrive. So, yeah, I mean, I there's things like that. Those, pers it. those yeah. little personality quirks is where mm -hmm. we complement each other. Um, also, some things like uh, emotional outlet and inlet, right? I'm a very... Emotional robot. <laughs> I'm very much a rock. <laughs> I don't get emotionally rocked by things. I don't right. think big, moving, sweeping changes don't really affect me. I kind of push through it and figure out how to get through it. And I remind you how to... Whereas you, you should feel about this. Yeah, you should care about this. Whereas yeah. you're the one that's going to tell me, hey, you you probably need to you know, not be so gruff with this stuff. Like, right. there's, there's a softer side. So, I mean, in those ways, we complement each other well. And then yeah. we are both pretty traditional. Um, and by traditional, I mean like Western traditional in our viewpoints about family and life and stuff. So, and love and marriage. Love and the marriage. Yep. So about those things, like I think we complement each other well in that. And the fact that I agree. 
you think that I should have the position that I have in the house as the man of the house, so to speak. Yes. And I think you should have the position that you have as the woman of the house. And we share those roles and duties and responsibilities. And that complements each other really well for the functioning of our home. Agreed. You have anything to... To add to that? No, I think you pretty much got it all. Okay. Maybe you are the long-winded one. Oh, I am. (laughs) I pontificate with the best of them. Oh, Look at that vernacular. Yeah, right. Mm, sexy. Oh, that vernacular. <laughs> okay. Um. You had me at the proper use of your, your, and your. <laughs> what would be the deal breaker in a relationship that you could never forget? I already know what your answer is going to be. Cheating. Exactly. That's what, I, knew, I knew what that answer was going to be. And it's the same thing for me. If you were unfaithful in our relationship, that's Done. a deal breaker for me. Yep. I tell my kids this all the time. I heard it from my dad. The most fragile thing in the universe is trust. Yep. When you break trust, mm-hmm. you're never going to get it back to the way that it was. No. You might, over time and effort, be able to regain something that resembles it, but it's never going to be trust never again. Never the same. No. And sex is such an intimate foundational stone to a relationship yes. that to have somebody violate that I don't know if that's repairable. I know there are people out there who've been able to get over that hurdle. For me, it's a it's a deal breaker. Absolutely. And, I, and I've had some friends who have um, decided to fix that, so to speak, and stay in their relationships and, you know, all the power to them. But at the same point, I understand that those relationships are definitely not the same as yeah. they were when they started out. Some people have even said that their relationship is stronger coming through that. I mentally can't wrap my head around how that would work. But the way I described it to the kids, we just had this talk the other day because we had an issue with Wesley lying again, was I took a piece of paper and I crumpled it up as small as I could, opened it back up and ripped it in half. And then I asked them how the paper looked and they said it was crumpled up and it was ruined. And so I flattened it back out and I took out the tape and I taped it back together. And I said, there, did I fix it? And Joey said, well, it, you fixed it, but it still looks all messed up. Exactly. Yeah. Because you may have patched it, but that's all you did. You patched so, it. You can't take what you did right. back. See, but now that's the thing. Is, I think we're coming from a different point of view, though, right? Mm-hmm. If you had a dysfunctional, a seriously dysfunctional relationship beforehand, mm-hmm. and then you had a traumatic event like an unfaithful spouse, right? and you decided you were going to try to keep it, so you spent time and effort working. Yeah. You, what you in essence are doing is you're crafting a new relationship. New from the ground up. Yeah. So it okay. may be stronger on the back end because you've created something that was never there. Whereas we're thinking about it from is we took the time ahead of time right. to build that relationship and develop it into a position of trust and faith and, you know, <clears throat> to the point where if it were to break, we know we'd never get that back. No. Right? So... We're coming, I think we're coming from a different point of view than maybe some other people are. True. Maybe a different perspective, I suppose. But um, for me, that's an absolute deal breaker. Oh, absolutely. No way to go. Like, uh, if I found out that uh, old Butch was coming here in the weekend, during the weekdays, uh, I'd be over. Um, Let's see. What was it? That was number nine. Okay, number ten. What is our greatest strength as a couple? Mm, Communication. We talk really well. Now, we didn't always. Yeah. But because we've learned that hard lesson and we know that that communication is just so important, um, 
it's really something that we're, and we're not perfect at it still. There's always room to grow in that respect, but it's just, we're really good at it at this point. We talk through just about everything and we're pretty good at getting our, our ideas across and our feelings across. Um, I don't know. I feel that's one of the stronger parts of our relationship, for sure. I, I would definitely agree that it's one of the stronger parts of our relationship. I definitely think I that's true. I mean, I wasn't going to go with sex, but, you know. <laughs> I think it's... Uh, well, you said something about PG a few minutes ago. Yeah. I don't know. As our greatest <laughs> strength as a couple, um, I, I definitely think it's a really strong part of our of our relationship. Um, I don't know. Hold on. Let me give it a second just to kind of stew it over. No, I think you're right. I absolutely do. I do think you're right uh, uh, when it comes to communication because all the things that were popping out of my head, if you trace it down logically, still comes back. To it comes back to the fact that we communicate, yeah. that we do talk through things. Um, now, like you said, there's always ways that we can get better at it. Absolutely. There's things that we can improve. Sometimes I like to hold things close to my chest. Um, you always get pissed off until I about force that, you to so. talk to me. Yeah. Yeah. So, but we, there's stuff <laughs> we can improve on. But yeah, I definitely think communication is one of them. Okay. Uh, how number eleven. How realistic do you think couples in movies and TVs are? I don't. It's a, it's a two-part question. I don't. I don't at all. <laughs> Actually, no, close. I take that back. There are two relationships that I think are pretty realistic. Um, the guy from, uh, what's the show with um, Tim Allen? Oh, uh, Home Improvement. No, not, no. No, the, no, not, the, the new one he had. The new one. Oh, gosh. Oh, why can't I think of it? I can't think of it. Oh, if you guys no, don't don't Google it. If you guys remember what this what that fucking show is, you know what I'm talking about. He's got three daughters. He runs the sports show. Fuck, yeah. it's gonna kill me. But I think their relationship as husband and wife. Oh yeah, is pretty realistic. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then also, uh, Red Foreman and his wife from oh, that God. '70s show. Yes. Pretty spot on too. <laughs> like I think those are pretty good ones. I love um, Red. That's funny. Is there a couple? Now this is a two part question. So on the second part. It, do you think there's a couple in TVs and movies that you think resembles us? Us? Yeah. I do. I mean, I'm definitely, I don't know. You're a lot like Red Foreman. Let's go there. <laughs> Let's be real. Like, you're the get off my lawn guy. But Dumbass. I'm, I don't know that I'm Kitty. No. No. Um, so that one doesn't really fit. Uh, I mean, I don't know. Well, the problem is, is we don't watch a ton of TV or movies. No, that's the hard part. Um, so I don't know if there's one that I think that resembles us. I think there's people, there's characters out there that like one might resemble Carolyn and one might resemble me. Yeah. Like I would agree with the Red Foreman analogy. That's oh, probably yes, pretty good for yeah. me. Um, <laughs> but I don't know if there's one that would like says that. Yep, that's our relationship in mm-hmm. a in a movies and telephone. Because honestly, our relationship is kind of frowned upon in a lot of the Hollywood scene. There is. Um, but you said you were thinking of one. What I was thinking, thinking of the Red Foreman thing, one? but as okay. again, as I yeah. molded over and I went, nah, okay. okay. Red Foreman, because I, I started from my perspective. Oh, well, yeah, go, it's Who, very much me? you. Yeah, Red Foreman's me. Dumbass. All right. um, <laughs> oh, number 12. Uh, how important is it for individuals in a relationship to maintain their own separate identity? So uh, I'll start, <laughs> I I'll start you, this I one. I wish you guys could see her face. That was good. I'm the one that was bad at this, and I Still had to learn this one the hard way. Still bad at it. I, I know, but I've made vast improvements. Um, having to go to the worst therapist in the world, Hi, Mike. Like, um, <laughs> is what helped me figure out that I did need to have my own identity. Yeah. And I think for a long time I was afraid of having that own identity because my default is helping people. Yeah. My default is taking care of people. Um, 
So I don't focus on myself and myself gets put to the wayside. So having to be stuck in a position of, okay, you need to focus on yourself. You need to be your own person. I didn't even know who that was. So finally being in that position to have yeah. to do that, um, I didn't know what to do. Um, and I think that's the one key point in our relationship where shit got rough. Um, and the main, one of the bigger contributing factors to that was the fact that I couldn't, I couldn't deal with my self-identity issues. Yeah. Um, and going to therapy and starting to work on that and realizing that myself is just as important as other things definitely changed a lot of things. And then I realized how important it is. And I actually just came to another revelation in that regard, what, like a week ago as well, where I... I'm now in another new position where I have to start caring for myself and taking care of myself more. And it's foreign for me because I'm just not used to it. But I do realize as I do it, how much better it makes me feel. So yeah. then I in turn learn how important that is. So I think it's super important um, to, you know, to have your own identity, maintain your own identity. But I think that there are some people who maybe take it to the Too extreme far. absolutely, in both directions, right? So there's yes. the people who lose themselves in the relationship, and those are pretty evident for if and when the relationship fails, they don't know who they are anymore or they what to need recover. to do with their life. Yep. And then there's the other half of the coin, the people who never come together in a, into their relationship because they are so dedicated to who they are individually that they never roommates. took the time to develop the relationship in and of themselves, right? Mm -hmm. That situation tends to pop up more if there's kids at the start of the relationship. Right. Um, we luckily didn't have that problem, but you and I are both are fairly malleable. Um, the big hurdle that we had, like you mentioned, was the fact that I wasn't a charity case. And you didn't... I didn't you, have anyone to take care of. You didn't of. have to take care of me. Right. Um, you Which didn't was have to new. develop for me <laughs> um, a lot. And I have a lot... Uh, the Army gave... I have to give the the Army a ton of credit in, in my development as a human being to be fairly stable. Um, so, yeah, I think it's important to do. You do need to maintain your hobbies. You do need to, you know, maintain your friends and do some stuff like that. But, you know, you, your relationship should be pretty important too, I think. Was one of the first things Mike told me. You need to get a hobby. Yeah, and then you got. I like doing. And then you got a hobby, and now my house is up. full of fucking dolls. So <laughs> and crafting supplies. And crafting supplies. <laughs> All right, number thirteen. Actually, we might finish these today. It's going to be a little bit of a longer episode, but we might finish eh, these whatever. today. Uh, thirteen. What musical instrument do you wish you could play? Uh, Skin man. flute. No, well, I'm good at that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, a lot of people said I was lucky because I was always, you know, I could sing. So that was a good default when I tried to go out for band. And I, I just, I can't read music. And I'm not sure how I got through choir so well, not being able to read music. But I, you know, I tried the flute and I tried the clarinet. And I, but I really always wanted to learn how to play the saxophone because jazz music was just a, I don't yeah. know, it was always there. Jazz, swing, whatever. But I don't know. If I could play the saxophone, that'd be nice. But I just, I am not an instrument person, man. I love instruments. Um, I've dabbled in the piano. I've dabbled with the, the guitar, the bass, the drums, most of the like the rock band stuff because that's what I kind of grew up around. I really wish that I could learn how to play the fiddle or the violin. The violin. I there's something about it that's just I love it. I don't know. I love the sound of it. I love the feel of it. I just wish that I could find a way to play it. And 
problem is I have I've had instruments <laughs> my whole life and I'm not very good at playing any of them because I'm too lazy to put the work in. <laughs> okay. Ooh, this is a good one. What age, number 14, what age would you like to live to? Immortal is not an option. Well, that's crap. You won't share. <laughs> Everyone, my husband's a vampire and he won't I'm turn me. not that's a not okay. vampire. Uh, I, I mean, I would go 250. But if I have to be realistic, I'm shooting for at least 107. You going for the 100? That's, that's my goal, man. 69, yeah. bro. Oh, no. You better live longer than that. <laughs> Jeez. Honestly, so, have, asking somebody like me to go without sex for that long is just not okay. You have to yeah. live longer than that. To be honest, <laughs> I don't really give a shit. I, I don't care how long I live. It's more important to me that the years that I have are impactful than the number of years that I have. I want quality over quantity. That's ultimately my end goal. Can't I just have both? No. Both is good. Oh, both? Both, both is good. Both is good. <laughs> All right. Uh... Number 15, what would you want your obituary to say? I don't know. I mean, you could always go for that whole cheesy, she was a great mom and wife and blah, blah, blah. But if I'm being real, I want it to be something that would just make somebody laugh when they read it. It needs to be dark and probably sexual themed and, you know, real. Yeah. <laughs> she had a long... Hard, hard life, life. <laughs> <laughs> so hard <laughs> yeah um, you honestly I, I wanted to I would like it to display um, or somebody to explain like how dedicated I was to those around me I, I've been in a field of service for 15 plus years now you know, uh, my family has just added to that field of service. I've, I've always tried to dedicate myself to the service of other people. And I am hoping that my obituary would say something along the lines of the, the number of people and lives that I was able to impact and touch and influence to become better people, I guess, you know. See, if this right here does not spell that we are still different, even though we're very much alike, I don't know what it does. What? I'd rather somebody laugh and you're like, I want people understand how many i've impacted <laughs> well no understand i want no, people I to know. Like, <laughs> you know it's not coming from an area of pompness you know it's, i'm not saying it is it just means that i can't you take made anything it sound seriously <laughs> super pretentious and pompous though no i just can't take anything seriously is the problem <laughs> i want everybody to know how much i loved sex. i loved that <laughs> you know i'm uh, sorry i'm so sorry for anyone listening to this nonsense right I'm now not. if you hadn't figured this out by now you were fucking wrong Right. Worst show ever. Number 16, <laughs> if you could travel to any country in the world and live there for one month, where would you go? Ugh, as much as I want to go back to Ireland because I miss it so much. You go back to Italy. Please send me to Norway. Norway? No, I want to visit. Really? Yes, I want right. to go so bad. To That's live there for a whole month? Summer. It's only 30 days. Why not? Yeah. Right. It's something new? Oh, hell yeah. Because I've already been to Italy and I've already been to Ireland. If I'm going to live somewhere new for 30 days... Japan. Like, if you had said a year, Italy, or Ireland, I'm going right back, but... No. Yeah. Uh, to live there for a month, uh, I'd probably go to Japan. Oh, that'd be fun, too. I'd love to go to Norway. I definitely want to go to Norway, But it would have to be during but... the, the Blossoms Festival. See, for, you, for me, it doesn't matter what time of year it is, because I'm going to the fucking every ramen place I can find. Yes. Um, oh, my God. Ramen. Okay, number 17. Uh, what were the healthiest and unhealthiest periods of your life? 
So we'll start with the healthiest. What was the healthiest period of your life? Healthiest period of my life? Yeah. Let's be real. When I was in therapy with the worst therapist ever. Yeah. I That last year that we were seeing him, I just, I was happier. I Things didn't bother me as much. Uh, I was able to cope with things better. I was communicating better. Just, there is seriously something to be said for just going to somebody else's office twice a week for 30 minutes to an hour and just venting. I mean, even, it's just, there's something to be said for that. Did you go twice a week? Because I'm only, When I first started, I went twice a week. And then when both of us started going to work around your schedule, I would go the one day, you would go the other day. So we were bound down to once a week at that point. I only remember ever going once a week. I think that was the reason why I brought it up. Right. Um, but it was it was good for me. Yeah. It really was. Unhealthiest. So that on-again, off-again, six-year relationship was pretty fucked up. And it really set me up for failure. That's with the douchebag that you took to Ireland, right? Yeah. Okay. Um, Sean. And it really set me up for utter failure in a lot of ways. It messed with me mentally. It, I, I couldn't process things properly after that. So as much as my first marriage was traumatizing and horrible and he was just a straight D-bag, um, the unhealthiest point has to be when he was, I was letting this guy yeah, um, just control my life, um, emotionally abuse me, um, just, it wasn't a good, healthy place. Yeah. And because of the way it affected everything that happened after that, I feel that it's more impactful than my prior relationship. Uh, the healthiest time of my life, um, would probably have to be... The day you married me? I know. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. See, nice. I'm not serious. Well done. Yet. Um, <laughs> that was good. <laughs> oh, fuck. It would probably be have to be last year, right up until I got that pretty nasty upper respiratory infection in September. The pneumonia? Um, or after the pneumonia? No, no. So the pneumonia was the year before. So last year, last September, okay. when I got the pretty nasty yeah. upper respiratory infection. Um, I put on a ton of muscle. I was working out regularly. I was eating well. I was in pretty Mm -hmm. good spirits. Mentally, I was in a good place. Probably pretty good. The unhealthiest time was probably my last deployment to Iraq because I spent so much time in in isolation by myself. Like, it just wasn't a good time for me. Um, I don't know. Actually, I don't know. I'm not sure if any events from my childhood rival that. Um, then I have to credit you getting through that deployment to me because you, the last three months you were there, you called me almost every day. Well, I know, but I also had <laughs> access to a government phone, so they're going to pay for that. Um, all right. What book or movie do you wish you could experience for the first time again? Movie or book? Book or movie that you wish you could read for the first time again. Okay, I'm going to do both. Okay, so, that's cheating, but sure. if I could experience watching Oscar again for the first time God. with my dad, I'd be all over that because it's my favorite movie and it was so funny. And it was watching it with my dad was a great experience. My dad and I used to watch just weird stuff together all the time and I miss that. Um, and book, honestly, Wicked. Yeah. 
That was a great freaking book. I, I bought it under the recommendation of a friend I was working with at the time, and I it pulled me in so much that by the time I stopped reading, I finished the book in one night, and it was 3 in the morning, and I had to get up at 5 a.m. for work. And I did not even realize that much time had passed. It is just that good. Yeah. Uh, book is easy for me. It's uh, Memories of Ice mm, uh, by mm-hmm. Stephen Erickson in I'm the Book surprised. of the Mouths and Fallen. <clears throat> that was just such it was, it was such a fucking good book. Like, I wish you would just get through the first book and I into the I other could. books because <laughs> if it that, could stop jumping all over the place. That is the book that just it was an emotional roller coaster. It was action packed. It was in, like it was just it was a fantastic book and. I've read it two or three times since then, and it's still fucking great. But that first time was, ugh, it took me for a ride. For movies, that's a tough one, because I've seen a ton of movies. Um, I don't know, really. Because there's not a whole lot of movies that I haven't like gone back and watched again. See, you watch um, a lot. I don't. But I do so. watch a lot of movies, so... Yeah. What was that? probably? I would probably have to say maybe if I could go see the first Iron Man again. It was really good. Like Because, like... I don't know. I, I identify with Robert Downey Jr.'s Iron Man quite a bit. So we know. I don't know. <laughs> it's just a good movie. It's just a good movie. That's probably the one I'd have to pick. It's the first okay. one to go see again. Number 19. What do you think your worst or your best and worst personality traits are? So what do you think your best personality trait is? My best personality trait? Yeah. Um, I mean, I don't know if I'm right or not, but I'm, I'm going to go with my... I, would that fall under compassion? My willingness to just help people. Yeah. It's it turns on so quick. Somebody needs help. I'm there. I'm I'm trying to find reasons to help. Find a, a solutions. Find what can I do? Can I give you my shirt? Can I give you this? Can I? I'm just. It's so easy probably, for me to turn on. Probably empathy. I'd probably go. Okay. Yeah. Empathy. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and your worst personality trait. Um. I don't. I don't know. I, I don't know how to word it, cause I freak out easy. Mm-hmm. Um, so I attribute that to anxiety and just jumping to conclusions, like pessimistic. Yeah. Can I put it that way? Because I instantly, if there's something bad going on, I jump to the, oh my god, all the bad things that could happen, yeah. and it takes me a long time to get to the okay. But some good stuff could happen too. Maybe it'll be okay. So the catastrophizing part of that? Yes, yeah. there you go. I, I catastrophize. Yeah. <clears throat> All right. My best personality trait is probably my calm under fire. Yes. Right? When dumb shit happens, I can kind of just take the hit and roll with it. Right. Mm-hmm. I now, I, it's not saying I don't get upset, but I, I recover quickly from being upset and because I'm primarily a person of action. My worst personality trait, easy, hands down, no doubt about it, my anger. Mm-hmm. I get hot under the collar quick. And I've, over the years, I've gotten pretty good at tempering it and controlling it. Yep. But it's still red hot. It still fires up quickly. Uh, and nothing triggers me faster than stupid people. Um, Word. All right, number 20. What are some words of wisdom that have stuck with you all these years? This is, I have a bucket load, so you go first. <laughs> words of wisdom? Yeah, something somebody said to you that was just like stuck with you and you kept close to your heart. 
Well, see, and those, the ones I keep closest to my heart that always pull me out of a dark place are not uh, words of wisdom, so I can't really go with those. Um, I guess if I'm going with words of wisdom, I, I'm just, I'm going to go back to the good old-fashioned golden rule. Yeah. Um, I learned it in Catholic school when I was a little kid, and I've just always been that person. If I see somebody getting hurt, I stand up for them. If I see somebody getting picked on, I stand up for them. If, you know, I see something that's not right, I want to fix it. I want to... It's just, I'm not going to go out of my way to treat somebody like shit if I don't want them to treat me like shit. I always yeah. go into something with, I'm going to be as nice as possible, respectful, and whatever, because I expect you to treat me the same. Now, when I don't get that in return, I get really fucking lit. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, we'll go with that. My Some of my words of wisdom, I've had a lot of like real good tidbits. Anybody who knows me knows I have a ton of them, right? We I know, just Ted. We store know. them in my head over time. <laughs> um, but probably the best one and probably the one that defines like my outlook in life is uh, the three realms of knowledge, right? Uh, uh-huh. You know what you know, you know what you don't know, and you don't know what you don't know. Right. Right? And because of that, you can never make immediate assumptions about anything. You have to take the time to analyze and try to figure out stuff. And that kind of defines how I live my life. I don't like to make jump rash decisions about stuff. I typically like to take my time and sit on it and stew on, analyze it, figure it out, and then go for it. Not saying I'm incapable of making snap decisions if I have to, but I prefer not to. I prefer to have the time and space to be able to make a solid decision based on the information I know. So that's my words of wisdom that have just kind of ring true for me more or less everywhere I go. Those are really good. Yeah. You always fall back on knowledge, logic and knowledge. It's my default. Yeah. <laughs> so that's all the questions. Um, that was actually kind of fun. Um, <clears throat> we should definitely try to do something like that again. Uh, now the purpose of this really is just that uh, these are good questions that you should be sitting down and talking to each other about. These are not just to help you get each get to know each other better, but things that you should know about each other. Yeah. They're just, they're going to bring you closer. They're going to help you understand more. And they're going to open up a lot of lines of communication that you may not have thought you had before. Yeah. I mean, I, I could definitely see that triggers, or that would be a trigger for a lot of people, especially if you don't, maybe you're newer in your relationship and you don't mm-hmm. know a lot about your partner or you haven't spent a lot of time communicating. I think a lot of this, for us, a lot of these answers, we kind of already knew about each other. Absolutely. Um, there's still some stuff that like, you know, it pings a thought here, pings a thought there. Like, oh, we've never really talked about that before. We should talk about that again. But there's a lot of couples out there that don't know these things. And yeah. we've talked about that. You, you've got those issues in relationships where people who they don't spend enough time together. They don't talk about the tough things. They don't, you know, and like the simpler questions in the beginning. What What's the one thing that we've done that's been most impactful or kind? Yeah. And we may not necessarily have ever brought that up. And, we should, um... You should yeah. post these on the Facebook page so that people can okay. go and read them. And if they want to try this exercise for themselves, they can have access to them. And then we'll give credit to Wheezy Waiter too. Um, so you can go watch his their video and figure out what he's got going on. Um, theirs is funny too. <laughs> yeah, theirs is pretty funny too. Uh, they're drinking whiskey, or they're drinking wine, wine. it looks like in their mm-hmm. video. Uh, I'm having a glass of whiskey. So. I'm drinking water. And yeah, because she doesn't drink. <laughs> I don't drink. <laughs> yeah. All right, I think that's going to be it for this week. Thank you all for listening and uh, hope to see you next week. Peace. <laughs> Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did, please reach out on Instagram and Facebook. We would love to hear your feedback or suggestions on our next topic. See you next week.